it's about that time. For the inside trim. You know that nasty trim. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Are you ready? And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? Hey, yo, what's up, wrestling fans? Episode number 45 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you live and on stage. Oh, we're live. And we're on stage. And we're on stage. What's going on, everybody? And actually, by the time you listen to this... It's guaranteed that it will not be live it's and it will not be on a stage. It's live for me and you. <laughs> what's up, buddy? Uh, what's going on, Ben? Um, you know what's I'm going so on? I'm so happy to be here today. I am too, man. You want to know why I'm so pumped to be here today? Tell us. Because it's our one-year anniversary. You, you and I. Absolutely right. One year ago to the date, we started this podcast with a recap of the Cliff Keen Las Vegas invite. And what will go down is probably the worst podcast in the history of all podcasts. <laughs> it was it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. And the fact that we've even made it a year. like Five ha- episodes. I, you're right. I mean, that's like minutes. we only missed like seven weeks out of the entire year. I'm just surprised we actually made it a year. Dude, I don't know, man. There was, there was touch and go there for a while, man. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, a big, a big day for us today, a happy day, a day of celebration, which we are definitely going to celebrate, uh, one year to the date that this podcast was originated, 45 eps into it, we are as happy as could be to still be doing it. And we're still here and we're still doing it, man. And you know what I think that, uh, you know, Brandon and I kind of talked about, you know, we didn't want to make a huge deal about this, but I thought that. It would be funny. So Brandon and I, you know, we went back and kind of listened to a couple of our early podcasts just to, just to see how much or how little we might have grown. And, uh, you know, we, start, we started listening to that first podcast that, that we talked about. And, uh, God, it was terrible. Um, but you know what? I think it's something that maybe we should share with our listeners who have not been with us the whole time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we could definitely play in some clips. Um, but before we do, let's just go ahead and get through the business portion of this. Um, it's episode four, number 45 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. You know the podcast locations, iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. We're out there. Find the podcast, subscribe, download, listen, rate, review, all that good stuff that we'd love to have. And if you want to communicate with us through email, we love it. It's the inside trip one at gmail.com. Yeah, we got a good email with some recent feedback. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to write back to him. Did you write back to him? I did not. Okay, well, we will. I promise that we will. I will probably write back to him right after this. It's just been a hectic week. But, yeah, we got some good feedback, so we appreciate the feedback. It's not that we don't listen. Trust me. It's just been pretty busy. But, um, uh, you know, without further ado, man, we are back. And I tell you what, it was a pretty damn good week of wrestling. It's been awesome. Like, I have been so engulfed with the Cliff Keen Las Vegas invite this weekend. Um, I think this tournament was amazing. And it's so funny. Like, we touched on this earlier as we were getting set up. And it's like, no matter how much you think you know the landscape of college wrestling or you think you know what's going to happen, when that first whistle gets blown, all shit goes out the shit window. Shit hits the fan, man. She hits the fan. I mean, and the NCAA national tournament, 
epitomizes that more, than, more than any other event in wrestling. But I mean, you're seeing it, you know, at turn at these tournaments like like the Vegas Invite, which, in my opinion, is one of the three major. Major in-season yeah, college wrestling tournament. Well, it's the number one in terms of ranked. Uh, I read a stat that they said over half of the ranked uh, wrestlers wrestled in this tournament. Yeah, over half of all D1 teams wrestled in this tournament. That's crazy. I mean, that's a big tournament. And some of these weight classes were absolutely brutal. And we're going to get into all that for you yeah. here in just a little bit. But let's but... reminisce a little bit, Brandon. You know, cheers. to Yeah, cheers. Here's the one year, man. Cheers, Ben. We're drinking wine. We know the Blood Round guys drink their beer. But, you know, we're, you know, we might be a little classier than them. I don't know about that, but... Uh, you know, we like to drink our wine as they drink their beer. Of course, beer. we're from Ohio. We're definitely a little more refined. <laughs> we we like those... to bust their balls on our uh, fantasy group. Me about that. Animals in Michigan, but um, <laughs> so, so Ben and I were talking about how this whole podcast yeah. got started, and um, so last year, uh, finally, we had been talking and talking and talking about doing this. Ben finally said, "You know what? We're done talking. I'm going to go get the equipment. We're just going to do this." And no matter how much you think you're ready to talk about wrestling. It's really weird, at least for me, because once the microphone gets put in front of your face, like you're just like, Ugh. see, I live for the microphone in front of my face, though. Oh, you just live for something in front of your face. I, I, That's like, all good, though. I like to hear people or I like to um, talk to people. So, so yeah, so remember- Brandon, you said that you said that we had to go get our equipment, right? So my brother, he um, is a musician, so he had a lot of microphones and stuff like that. And he had a uh, um uh, what is that's not a mixer that's called an interface so i went down and grabbed all that stuff and you were tasked because we didn't have a macbook at the time oh so, man so you were tasked with grabbing a macbook from our buddy british steve so <laughs> yeah we didn't have a laptop to do the recording on so i went and borrowed my friend's laptop to with do some this, conditions and all he said was don't look at my browsing history <laughs> And when he was single you, at the time. And when somebody tells you that, Ben, what's the first thing you're going to do? Oh, I'm looking at that browsing history, <laughs> look at son. That browsing history. So we get the laptop back to my house all set up, and I'm like, well, let's check this browsing history out. We click on it, and the first link's bangbust.com. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, Steve. Come on. And then for some reason, Ben sent me out to pick up some groceries for 15 minutes. <laughs> he oh, said, shut oh, up. I mean, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> So, so thanks, for British Steve, for letting us borrow his laptop. We went and got ours that week. Yeah, we had his to. was running a little slow like there was a virus or something. <laughs> um, oh, man. But then we ended up recording that, that night. Um, you know, we, we did not know what the heck we were doing. It took us hours to set hours that podcast to set it up. It took us hours to yeah, set it up. Yeah, brother had to come over to kind of figure out how to set up the, the sound of it. Well, you know, as much as... Um, you know, as much help as people gave us, it's it's still hard from a technical aspect to figure it out for the first part. You know, absolutely. Um, and, and just we're gonna play a little clip for you. Uh, don't turn off the podcast just yet. We're gonna get into some wrestling talk, but just to show you how far we've come. That first episode, we had no intro music. We had no intro. We didn't know what we were doing. And to further, you know, just really emphasize how little did we know what we were doing. Um, we both had microphones set up in front of our face for that <laughs> podcast, but only one microphone was actually working, and it just happened to be the one in front of Ben's face. And if you've been a longtime listener, you understand <laughs> that um, Ben probably comes through a little loud. I'm, I get a little loud at times. Um, hence why he's the loud member, and I'm the not-so-loud member That's of this right. podcast. Um, but let's just play a little clip of how that first podcast Let's play him the intro. intro. Inside Trip's very first inaugural podcast. What's going on, Brandon? How you doing? Not a whole lot. I'm Brandon Olinger, a virtual nobody in wrestling. I'm joined here by my partner in crime, Ben Watson. Hi. 
he is actually a little bit less of a nobody this than I so am. Bad. Being a formal Division One national qualifier for Slippery Rock, a, a little, slightly less, slightly less for sure. That's, that's- that was bad. <laughs> so bad. That sound. I didn't realize that we didn't have them both mics working. <laughs> no. Oh, man. But, you know, as we grew, dude, like, seriously, this over this year, I think you and I both have our own favorites, that, you know, favorite times on the podcast that, that we've had happen. Um, you know, what's one of yours? Ooh. Well, I mean, obviously – one of the favorite things about this podcast has been all the people it's allowed us to meet and just continue, you know, to converse wrestling with. I mean, that was the main reason for starting the podcast. As far as episodes themselves, um, I don't know. I, you know. <sighs> well, do you remember? Do you remember that during the first episode we argued for like thirty minutes about getting <laughs> Ali Nazer's? It's a Nazer Nasi or whatever. We're terrible at names. We're terrible at pronunciation in general. So yeah, you know, we we argued for probably a good ten <laughs> minutes over how to pronounce this guy's name, and we still to this day have arguments over pronunciation. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> but, but what about that clip? Uh, let's play them the clip from uh, the GMVWA podcast that uh, where you got me pretty good on the names. So we had the opportunity to do a, a GMVWA. Uh, tournament preview. It's, That's a ter- it's, pre- it's, big tournament in Ohio. It's a high school wrestling tournament here in Ohio. And um, in the beginning, I was uh, kind of introducing some of the teams, some of the new teams in the tournament, and I pronounced a team, uh, which I guess the, the correct pronunciation is Bell Fountain, even though it's spelled Bell Fontaine. Bell Fontaine, and that's how I pronounced it. And Ben proceeded to uh, bust my balls about it. I lambasted you pretty good. You got you did, um, and I got a little payback for you in the app. I right, play that app. You want to play it? All right. So here's where Ben got me for my bad pronunciation. I believe that we have 13 new teams added to the existing field. Those teams are Belfontaine, Big Walnut, Bishop Fenwick. I think Fenwick. it's Belfountain, bro. <laughs> uh, well, it's spelled Belfontaine. Whatever, whatever. Bellyfontaine. Bellyfontaine. <laughs> no, um, all joking aside, Bishop Fenwick. So because of that... I had to pay Ben back oh, later in the pay ep- back that you did. I had no clue what you were doing. And he didn't. And I, th- I, li- I like to think I got him pretty good. <laughs> um, following him, Ben, is? Uh, following him is, uh, oh, <laughs> is uh, Isaiah. Yes, uh, pronounce his name, Ben. I'd like to hear you pronounce his name. Oh, I, I, I know, because his, his mom told me the other day. Isaiah <laughs> Macaranaji. <laughs> Macaranaji. Isaiah Macaranaji. I'm sorry. Look, we're we're trying. Isaiah Ma- Isaiah Macaranaji. He's from Walter Verona. He's. Uh, I have an interesting story about him. I looked him up. So he is an 11th grader. He qualified for the state tournament last year at 113 pounds. So that was the first <laughs> attempt at getting Ben yeah, back. Yeah, see, you, that's the way you are. You're vindictive, man. Instead of just getting me back once, you get me back twice. I got to because it gets better. <laughs> I love the next one. Later in the up. I figure it out. We did it again, and Ben figures out what I'm doing. Okay, good. Interesting. I can um, tell you for sure, though. You can keep going. Uh, after, ben, why don't you take us on after Zach? Who do we got? Um, well, I wasn't ready for that. Sorry. Um, we, <laughs> are you doing this on purpose? I'm totally you doing this. You are totally doing purpose. this on purpose. This is not right. So we have uh, a gall, raz, raz, I'm sorry. It's, it's not that I mean to do this. Brandon, you are a numbskull. Okay, so we have I'm a gall, raz, zahapov. Um, he's a he's a, he's a sophomore from from Moore, Kentucky. Um, don't have much on him, and by the way, of um, 
don't have much on him, by the way, of uh, returning qualifications, but we do know that he's ranked, uh, I believe, 14th in the state of Kentucky. Uh, and why don't you 25th. take on the next easy one? He's, he's ranked 25th in the state of Kentucky. No, I apologize. No, I'm sorry, guys. I like to play jokes on Ben from time to time. I had to do that to him. Um, but after- I'm sorry to uh, Rad, Rad's, Rad's Hope Puff's parents for missing that one. It's a tough name to pronounce, Ben. Well, how would you pronounce it? Um, you know, I think you did a good job. We're going to go with that. Um, but following him, we got Bryce Davis. <laughs> you take Bryce Davis. I do take Bryce Davis. All right, Ben. What about you? What's some of your favorite moments on oh, this podcast? Know. <laughs> Where are you going? Yeah, so, by the way, that was from our episode number. I think it was our fifth episode, fourth episode. Yeah, it was. I think fourth or fifth. And, and we still struggle to this day pronouncing names. Pronouncing names and just you know, functioning. Is it Pantaleo or Pantaleo? It's Pantaleo. <laughs> functioning in general, dude. My number one, number one of this entire year was the Midland Scuffle recap when I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid question, because Ger- Geraldo, Geraldo, Geraldo from Rutgers, and Theobald from Rutgers were both wrestling in the same tournament. The- Ruck- Geraldo placed, Theobald didn't. Funny story is Theobald actually ended up being the All American. And I just asked Brandon casually, "Who's going to be the starter?" And that went into a about a minute and a half whirlwind of me being barely being able to breathe because we laughed so hard. So we're gonna play well, that. Up. We're gonna play that one. Yeah. All right, let's do it. It's my final little bullet point. Uh, Geraldo versus Theobald, both from Rutgers, both at one start, or both at one forty nine. Who's going to start? Geraldo <laughs> plays. Theobald doesn't. Um, both lost to Jeffries on the backside. You got any idea? Or I mean, did I ask you a question that you weren't ready for? I think the, uh, Theobald's redshirting, isn't he? Oh fuck! Oh shit! Um, you were so well, bad. Well, we've now taken this podcast from PG to R, and I'm going to have to make it explicit now. Thanks, Ben. No, I think I whispered that. Um, uh, no, seriously, it's a serious question. Is Theobald redshirting? I, no, from what I read, is that they were both competing for the spot. Okay, okay. All right, well, I, that's something we need to look into. Um, so, we, so, we, so we blew our wad on, uh, on, 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 on something we don't have a clue on, so we went on to 157. Um, uh, what was the outcome of that match? <laughs> what match? What match? Well, I mean, what, you, what point were you trying to make? Theobald and didn't even wrestle. Okay. <laughs> No, they both lost to Jeffries. I was just asking who you thought would be the starter. So you wanted me to answer who would be the starter off of a transitive transitive property, by the way, they lost to Jeffries? (laughs) Just in general, I want to know who's starting at 149 for Rutgers. They're a Big Ten team. I'm picking Geraldo. (laughs) His name's Geraldo. Is it Geraldo? I call him Geraldo. I just think it's the guy that's got that terrible mustache. <laughs> the talk show host. I can't breathe. I'm laughing so hard. Dude, stop. This isn't even that funny. <laughs> All right, so I'm picking Geraldo. Geraldo. Who are you picking? I, I think the Eagles red shirt. <laughs> I hate I'm you. kidding. I don't know. One for these. Oh, God. That was awful. That one gets me laughing every time. <laughs> <laughs> so, who ended up being the starter? Theobody ended up All American in. I'm just kidding. 
So where's Geraldo? I think he didn't. He, he's doing a day daytime show talk show on uh, probably some bad TV. <laughs> oh, that one makes my head hurt every time I oh, listen to it because I laugh so hard. That was a good one. Uh, let's do let's do a couple more, like one or two more. Because right. I just you know what you're they, loving. They this, make aren't you? me laugh. They dude. do laugh. Do you you know, before we get into like some of these other clips, yeah, like one of my favorite memories in the last year, yeah. Was when we were able to do the Pat Downey interview. Oh yeah, right. It it, it was like the perfect storm that occurred. Talk about that because people think that maybe we hit him up like <laughs> to kind of try to like get him on the back end. No, so yeah, I remember this. I had been communicating with Pat for a while about possibly coming on and doing an interview with us. Right, you did, and uh, we had never had a guest on before. And at the time, I mean, let's face it, our podcast, we're getting like, I don't know, a hundred. Nah, nah, let's just not bring our numbers up. No, we're right? going to bring our numbers up because it, it, the story behind this, after we did the interview, and how right, excited all right, we were. All right. So at the time, our podcast, we're probably getting like 150 no, listens. It was over 200. Whatever. All right, we're splitting hairs, okay, Ben? <laughs> we're li- literally splitting hairs, 150, 200, whatever. Um, and I had been communicating with Pat for, for weeks about, hey, why don't you come on, be a guest on the podcast? We think you got a great story. Um, you know, you were an All-American last year wrestling five matches. Right. <laughs> and um, you haven't been wrestling this year. We just want to hear what you've been doing to get ready to prepare to, you know, for big train 12s, right? for, for Big 12s in, in the national tournament. And... Um, he agreed. He said, yeah, yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. Well, the day that we were supposed to do that podcast interview is when the proverbial shit hit the fan right. for Iowa State and Pat Downey, you know, more That's specifically. Right. He, he, um, got, he got kicked off the team. He got kicked off the team. And, uh, I mean, I was the like. The day we were supposed to do the interview the for, like, trying to check up on him to see how he's going to do it, Big 12. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so I reached out to Pat and said, you know, apparently – you're going through a lot in life right now, so I totally understand. Um, but if you'd like to come on the podcast and just kind of tell your side of the story, we'd love to have you. And that was an interesting episode. And there was two things I took <laughs> away from that. One, you remember when he announced that KJ wasn't coaching anymore? Yeah. He said that on the podcast. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew about that. And two. We broke news when we didn't even mean to. <laughs> like, we really did. <laughs> we were two idiots sitting there and broke news when we didn't even mean to. And the second thing that I look back and I <laughs> laugh is what we said. So, so you haven't been going to practice, but you you've been training, staying in shape. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, what have you been doing? Well, <laughs> tell him. Ben. He says, you know, I play frisbee golf. You know, walking the golf course gets a good cardio workout. <laughs> and you know what's funny is that like a lot of people that listen to the pod, like our buddy Steve Westwood and stuff, he's like, you know, Pat had me. Like, I was totally on Pat's side until I heard that he was skipping practice to play frisbee golf. But he was, he was training. <laughs> and basketball. So we get done with that podcast and post it, and Ben and I are like, wow. So we we had just, like 200, we just, know, we're averaging 200 listens of pod. Yeah, we just had our first interview, and, you know, this is great. And uh, so we posted it, and uh, I said, Ben, you know, we might, we might get like 400 listens on this. And Ben was like, ah, you know, maybe 300. Yeah, like, you know, we're, both of us are being like, ah, like, you know, that'd be awesome if we get 300 that'd listens. be awesome if we got 300 listens. Oh, my God. And the next thing I know, like, we're sitting in my living room. My wife's in there with us, and our phones are just going ding, 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 ding. 
Yeah, it's follow like follow slot machines. Yeah. Follower, 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 follower on social media stuff, and um, uh, we kept refreshing the the uh, you know the the the, the, the app podcast tells us how to hosting app, and it was just like you know 150 listens, 300 listens, 600 listens, 800 listens, a thousand. And it just went on and on and on. It ended up getting like 9,000 like, listens. Yeah, about 9,000 listens. So Pat Downey is by far the most listened to episode that oh, we've ever had. Oh, by far. And it's not even close. It's not even close. Um, but it did kind of give us a little bit of legitimacy with people. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, it helped us get other guests in the future, which we've been grateful to have. I'm grateful to have. And you know what I also think, also I think is cool about that is that like, we did, like, look, regardless of what you think about Pat Downey, we, we allowed him the avenue to tell his side of the story. So if... We did one journalistic thing in this entire thing because, you know, obviously we're not journalists. We gave somebody the ability to tell the side of the story. And um, you're right, especially because I was just trying to get him on to figure out if I needed to drop him for my fantasy team or not. <laughs> no, so, just kidding. No, that was funny. All right. What's your next favorite moment, Ben? I know you got a couple written down. Oh, man. Well, you know, one of, the, one of my favorite times was uh, when I went Mongolian in your uh, podcast room. Oh, you did. Oh, the time when we recorded an app and you were literally in your underwear. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we going to play him that? Yeah, we got to play him that. All right. What's up? We are definitely back. Oh, baby. And so are our voices. This is the Inside Trip Wrestling <laughs> Podcast. You know that nasty trip. My name is Brandon Olinger. I am featured aside my partner in crime, Mongolian Ben Watson. <laughs> Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ben is so excited to be back today. He is in his underoos again. It's so hot in your house. Why is it so hot in here? It's so hot. God. I'm going to have to start wearing shorts. It's 18 degrees outside, and my knee pads can't stop sweating. Oh, it's man. like freaking Groundhog Day all over again. Oh, oh, man. I'm so happy to be back. So, yeah. It's so hot. And you're still wearing shorts today. Well, dude, your house. I swear to gosh. My wife is Puerto Rican. What do you expect when it's wintertime, it all right? It was so And you know what? <laughs> in your house. I my... still have to answer questions to my young daughter wondering why Uncle Ben was in his underwear <laughs> that day. In my underoos, man. <laughs> oh, that was a good one, dude. That was a good one. That was funny. You know one of my favorite ones? <laughs> was... Where are we going here? Oh, I know exactly where we're we going. We went to Big Tens. Oh, Jesus. And, dude, like, we're like 16 episodes deep, but we're just really enjoying this podcast thing. So we head out to Big Tens. Uh, you know, the Blood Round guys are there. Um, you, me, and Casual Dave, we go out drinking. And we sink the biz. Um, and we just, I mean, we put we put the first a little, night out there. Yeah, we put a little work. We get out there. We put a little work yeah. down in the bars. We go out with Johnny Ice first. Yep. Have some wings, chat up with Johnny Ice. Um, then we're like, let's go hit the bars, right? So we play Sink the Biz, and uh, by we, the end of the night, go ahead. We could probably, yeah, by the end of the night, in case you, I like to eat. I'm yeah, a eater. You, I got an appetite. Yeah. And after a night of drinking, you know, sometimes you like to come back to the hotel with a Stromboli. Right. You so need a I Stromboli. Did. I did. I went out, found myself a Stromboli. Which is Italian food, right? That's what they say. And where do a lot of Italians, it where do a lot of Italians reside? Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Um, so <laughs> we come back to the hotel after a night of drinking. <laughs> Um, night before Big Ten starts. Yep, night before Big Ten starts. I'm carrying a Stromboli like a like a football in my hands, and um, we ran into a special guest who just happened to be the father of Nick Gravina in the hotel lobby. Oh, let's let the story play itself. And I guess we'll just let you hear the story after it happened. You know who had a bad tournament though? Who completely shocked me? Gravina. Nick Gravina. 
Was that? Do you think that was because? <laughs> Are you gonna tell the story? Yeah, do you think that was because his dad tried to steal your hoagie? Oh, tell the story, dude! I, tell, tell the story. You can tell I wish Casual Dave was here because he could tell the story way better than any of us. <laughs> Man, we get back to the hotel room. What was that? There's after the, the bar, like one o'clock Friday in the morning. Friday night, right? No, yeah. Saturday night. So. No, no, it was, it was Friday. Friday. Yeah, before Terminator started. Night. Yeah. Get back to the bar like 1 o'clock in the morning. Man. You had this 12 inch stromboli. This big 12 inch stromboli sandwich. And, uh, you know, we, we run so into. We were going to share it, right? <laughs> no. I don't share my food. Um, we run into these two Jersey dudes, like hardcore Jersey Straight guys. Straight Jersey so dudes. Wearing the Rutgers gear. And, the, you know, we're talking about, you know, we're here for the bigs. And they're like, yeah, so, is, uh, so are they. We're like, who are you rooting for? And I said, let me guess Rutgers. And the guy goes, no, I'm rooting for my, my son. And I was like, Nick Gravina. And he was yeah. like, yeah, Nick Gravina. Well, the dude's got a nose like a bloodhound. He sniffs out this Stromboli sandwich I got in my hand in this brown bag. And he proceeds to chase me around this like, lobby. What is that? Like, literally. Yeah, he's like, what is that? What's in that bag? And he's like, it smells good. I'm like, that's my Stromboli sandwich, man. <laughs> I'm literally running circles around tables in the hotel lobby. He, 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 at one point, he had his hand on your Stromboli. <laughs> Like, I, and I'm not lying to you. I had to intervene physically <laughs> like you and push him off of you. Like we were all like we all thought he was joking. Like we thought like oh give me that stromboli ha ha ha. Like he just is joking that he wants it. No, Nick Ravina's dad tried to steal your stromboli. He tried to take I my still sandwich, get man. Eventually he gave up. Do you remember when he was all like he gets down in this wrestler? Uh, he gets like, down in this wrestler stance. All right, and he's like, you know, it don't matter who you're wrestling, what the score is. What the seat is, all you gotta do is go balls to the wall, man. Balls to the wall. He's putting his balls to the wall. <laughs> gonna go balls to the wall. And I'm like, just dude, <laughs> good luck to your son, man. I mean, I got nothing against Nick Gravina. No, I... he did have a bad tournament. He, he did have... Oh, God, that was. So... <laughs> I feared for my life a little bit. You know what the irony of this situation was? What? If Nick Gravina had the same cardio that his dad showed that night chasing me around the lobby, he would have been an All-American. He would have won Big Ten. <laughs> well, he's got a year left, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Jesus. This is this is a blast from the past, dude. So what else? What do you got, man? I think you've we've touched on probably some of my all-time favorites. <laughs> um, you got to you know, go bulls to the wall. Oh, God. <laughs> Such a funny dude. But you know what? We got a lot of good feedback on uh, last week's episode. Um, we're going to play a little clip in case you didn't hear it. About Show you some... how far we haven't come. Oh, definitely how far we have not come. Um, a little banter going back and forth regarding how to uh, overtake. How, your... how to dethrone. How to dethrone Penn State. Brett, um, but Iowa went on a run that was unprecedented and may never be matched again. Now, Penn State is showing that it could be matched again, but they've still got a long time to go. And they, you know, Penn State could break, the, they could match Iowa or they could fall victim to the Tiger Woods syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you're saying they're going to get in a domestic dispute with their wife? <laughs> get beat with a hockey stick or golf club or whatever it was? That wasn't really where I was going with that. But I, I knew as soon as I said it, you were going to say that. I'm surprised you didn't say that. You're saying that Kale Sanders is going to sleep with a Waffle House waitress? <laughs> I didn't say if that. If anybody's got the number to a good Waffle House waitress, we can really falter this shit quick. <laughs> is that how we... Is that I'll how, take him. Is that I'm the demise not, of Penn State? I'm not above getting a Waffle House waitress and Casey Cunningham together. <laughs> we get Sanderson, Oton, Pain Meds, and Frosted and, and Porn Stars. <laughs> yeah. Give Bo Nickel a couple extra... Hey, hey, breakfast. hey, 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 hey. I got Bo on my fantasy team this year. I need every bit from him. But uh, seriously, look, um, you know, Iowa is historically used to being the premier program in college wrestling. I think...
<laughs> so obviously, forty-five episodes later, we haven't come very far. We, our sound quality is slightly better. But other than that, we do need to get a nice Waffle House waitress for Kale Sanderson to wipe up. Is there anything more American than Waffle House? There's not, dude. Oh, the, the freaking Texas bacon cheesesteak plate, double hash browns all the way, minus tomatoes is the freaking best meal you can order in life. Do you go smothered and covered? I, all the way. All the way, minus tomatoes. Minus tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh. All right, enough reminiscing, That was right? fun, though. That was dude. fun. I'm telling you what, you know, there's nobody, and I know I'm going to get a little sappy and sentimental right now, but there's nobody I'd rather do this podcast with than you. Um, it's been an awesome year, man. And... uh I think we're just going to keep this thing rolling, baby. Might as well. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, so anyway, thanks for everyone who's been listening. Thanks for all the feedback we've gotten along the way. Thanks for all the help that we've gotten. Guys, you know, from guys like Jason Bryant, the Bloodhound guys. The Bloodhound? Um, did I say Bloodhound? Yeah, because Gravina's dad sniffed it out like a Bloodhound. Did I say Bloodhound? Blood yeah. God. Well, they are a bunch of Bloodhounds up in, up in <laughs> Michigan are. as well. No, but all, all the guys, man, you know... Um, you know, Nomad from Flow came on one of our episodes. You know, in all of our interviews, too. I tell you what, like Eric Montoya, can't name them all, but Georgie DiCamillo, Isaiah Martinez, um, you know, all the women that have been on our podcast. This is something that a year ago I didn't think was actually possible, to be able to do something this cool. And, you know, we do it because we literally just love to talk about wrestling. A lot of times I forget that there's a microphone in front of my face, and I just start yelling at Brandon because that's, just, like, cause that's what we that's normally— That's what he does. That's what we used to do is be like, no, you're wrong about wrestling, and he's wrong, you're wrong about wrestling. And I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about it. And, you know, so this has given us an avenue to not only do that but to allow everybody else to do that. And, you know, when we always considered when we did this— you know, we're not the first to do this. We didn't write the book. But, you know, to have the ability to hope hope that when you're listening to this, you're sitting around thinking like you're sitting in the chair right next to me and Brandon and just bullshitting about wrestling together. And that's really what we want. And not only have we been able to do that proverbially, but we've met people to where we've actually been able to do that in, in real time, face-to-face. It's been the best part about it, man. Yeah. Best part about it. It is the best part about it. But you know what? You know, people aren't here listening. People aren't listening to it, wanting to hear our uh, our sappy stories. Our sappy stories. So why don't we just uh, dive into the Cliff Keen? And that's what makes this episode so great, in my opinion, because one year later to the date, we're going to do in this podcast what we started out with. That's right. That's awesome. So as we alluded to earlier, obviously everyone who follows college wrestling is well aware that a phenomenal tournament happened this weekend. It was the Cliff Keen Las Vegas invite. Man, this tournament was fire, in my opinion. It's crazy, man. And going back to what we talked about earlier, no matter what you think, no matter how much you think you understand or you know uh, what's going to happen, we really just don't know shit. We can speculate all we want, but at the end of the day, after some of these tournaments, there's always going to be... These kids, they don't pay attention to rankings. Right. They don't pay attention to seeds. They don't pay attention to any of that. You can't to be good. To be good, if you're, if you're not seeded or if you're not ranked and you want to you wanna be good, you can't do that. And a classic example of that is the guy that won the 125-pound bracket. A bracket that included... You know, guys, all Americans, a national finalist, Ethan Lezak, who was the one seed. You got guys like Sean Russell, uh, Connor Schramm, all American, all American, uh, Milhoff, all American. You know, you had some great guys in this bracket, and here's this freaking little freshman from Utah Valley who comes out and just puts on a show and claims that you know the title in this weight class. Taylor Lamont, he made his name at this tournament, and you know, to piggyback on what you said. Like, you know, we can talk about how, oh, this is early in the season, so therefore it doesn't matter that much. You want to know where it does matter? 
NCA seeding. For sure. It does. When they're looking at, you know, a Stefan Michik's record and stuff, and we're looking at this and we're looking at that, you know, seeding is huge. So the fact that Taylor Lamont just won this tournament, um, let's look at who he beat, okay? so He, he actually beat, ran through four ranked guys. Yeah. So, I mean, he beat Drew Matten, right. he beat Connor Schramm, he beat Ethan Lezak, and he beat Sean Russell. That's four, He beat three All-Americans. Three All-Americans, four guys ranked in the top 20 right there. That's an amazing tournament for him. Who is this dude? Well, the funny thing is, is so we talk about our fantasy wrestling league a lot, and right. I actually, he's my 125-pounder. Sneaky pick. One of my last picks, actually. And earlier in the week, I contemplated actually dropping him and picking up a guy who has beaten him previously in Louis Hayes from Virginia, another freshman 125. And um, I had really a chance to, to watch Lamont wrestle this year. And so I, I held off and I said, I, I really want to see him wrestle. And I guess where I was going was is, he has tons of credentials. I mean, he was a four-time state champ from Utah, multiple, multiple Fargo national champ in both styles. Um, he won a junior world bronze um, for the Greco-Roman team, and I think he also placed fifth at the junior world championships uh, in Greco-Roman as well. And my thinking was, is, this is a Greco guy. He's a predominantly Greco right. guy, and a lot of times that doesn't really translate to the most success at the NCAA level. Well, this kid can wrestle, and... I don't know if you've watched how many of his matches that you watched. I watched a lot. I mean, I watched everyone that I can't have had a chance to. There were, there was one thing that really stood out to me in his matches. He is well, two things actually. One, he's got a great gas tank. His pace is phenomenal. He's constantly pressuring forward, um, constantly looking at, to attack. And the other thing that really stood out to me is he never takes breaks. Example, on the edge of the mat. Always looking to score on the edge of the mat. Another example: when he gets up from bottom, scores his escape. He's not comp, you know, he's not complacent with just getting the escape. He took so many shots right after earning an escape, which also led into. Did he get out, Lezak? I thought he Ooh. did. If, if not, he didn't get turned by him. No, he didn't get turned. Yeah. He didn't get turned at all. So, I mean, Lamont had a fantastic tournament, and this boy can wrestle. Now, obviously, it doesn't translate. It doesn't mean he's going to be a guaranteed All-American come, come no, March. No, I think— But he's he, put himself— Right. In, his name is in Well, he beat, he's beaten Zeke Moisey twice, um, you know, but he has taken some losses, which a freshman will do. He's taken two. Um, I think that, you know, he's definitely, he's definitely knocking on the door of becoming an All-American. Um no doubt about it. You know, you know, and you, you look at some of the other. So okay, so we know that Taylor Lamont, who's got a you know left leg lead, great great shots, will ride tough. We he had a great tournament. There's nothing else you can say say but the fact that he pro- he had the best tournament of that weight class by far. And well, obviously, and you know he might be up there with um in terms of like wrestler of the tournament. Um, oh, for sure, yeah. with the people that he ran through. Right. Um, I was really impressed with him. You know, he's got a dangerous headlock. A dangerous headlock, and I think that keeps. Well, he was Greco. He was on a junior Greco team. Yeah, we we, we mentioned that. Oh, we did. Sorry, yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. I, was, I was scrolling through the other rest of the brackets. My fault. Are you paying attention? I was scrolling through the brackets. I'm kidding. Um, he's got a fantastic headlock, and I think that keeps a lot of kids honest against him. Um, but I really like the way he controls ties. He does so well from an underhook. He goes underhook with his left hand, and he's always looking knee picks off of that. And I mean that. That's dangerous for people. I mean, I think that's actually how he took Russell down. I think that's what he got the winning takedown against Russell. He did. He did. He did. Knee pick. It was beautiful. Knee pick, and then he dropped both arms to the legs, mm-hmm. which is kind of how you're supposed to do it, mm-hmm. so you don't end up with getting caught in a whizzer. Um, 
you know, here here's the biggest thing. Beyond all of his wrestling talent, the biggest thing that you need to look at from this tournament is that he has the confidence to wrestle. Because a lot of freshmen that come out and they start wrestling, they will concede matches. They will say, look, I'm wrestling Ethan Lezak. I'm going to go out there and scrap, but, you know, it's just not my time. It's, you know, Ethan Lezak, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll beat a Drew Matten, right? You know, we're both freshmen. But, you know, I'm not going to beat a Lezak. Well, he goes out and does it. You know, you have to look. What I try to instill in any wrestler that I've ever coached was when you step on that line, you have to believe that you can beat that guy. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're not going to fall into a win. Okay? You have to not believe. Not at that yeah, level. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. You have to believe you can beat that guy. And not only – he stepped on the line, and he believed he can beat Lezak, and he did it. And then he stepped on the line, he believed he can beat Shram, and he did it. And then he stepped on the line, and he believed he can beat Russell, and he did it. He beat three All-Americans in a row. I tell you what, I, he's going to be ranked really high. He will be. You know, I think uh, – you know, in, in ranking that weight class, and it's really you, you're splitting hairs. You've got Tomasello, Suriano, Darian Cruz, uh, Nick Piccinini, probably your top four. I would have to, you know, probably pencil in Sean Russell after that. Not Sean Russell, but um, Sean Foz after that, because Foz does have the head to head wind over over Lamont. Um, well, Sean Foz, he's not going to wrestle a lot this year because he's so big. He's not going to make that cut. But he's he was around a twelve last year. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So, yeah, I mean, you got to put, you know, Foz up there because he has the head-to-head win over Lamont. But after that, I mean, I don't see any reason why Lamont's not ranked sixth. You know who else I really liked this tournament? And he ended up losing in the Concy semis um, to Ethan Lezak, which, you know, is completely acceptable, is the, the UNI guy, um, uh, Jay Schwarm. Oh, from Northern Iowa? Yeah, or Northern yeah. I, and I, yeah, UNI. Yeah, he, um, he battled Sean Russell to the brink. He did. To lose 7-8. Uh, he... Uh, He's still available in our fantasy leagues if anybody's wondering because I tell you what, if we'll pick him up, I'm man. holding on Ronnie Bresser and Spencer Lee, but I shouldn't be. I should pick this guy up because I tell you what, he can go with Taylor Mont. I bet you he can. Um, you know who I was surprised about at this weight? It was Macri from uh, the former Cornell Old guy that transferred. Yeah. yeah, he transferred from. He was an, uh, uh, not all American. He was a national qualifier. Got injured last year, and Noah Bauman kind of took his spot because of his injury. Transfers to North Carolina. Supposed to be a big deal. He was seated high. Did, did not did not place. He didn't. Not only did he not place, he just didn't look good either. So I, I mean, North Carolina is interesting, man. Every time you think North Carolina could be so good, some of their guys just don't pan out, and I I don't know why. I don't know whether it's coaching, whether it's development, whatever. Yeah, hey, I don't it is. think it's coaching. You know, there was a couple of other guys. You know, at least one other guy in this tournament that performed very well to them. Heilman. Yeah, Heilman. We'll get to him yeah. later. Um, but. Going along with that that theme of surprising performances, you see it again at 133. You think you know who this, who's going to be the champ of this bracket. I could have sworn that Michik would have would have won that bracket, in my opinion. Oh, it, w- it shouldn't have even been close. And well, um, what's his face is pretty damn good from Virginia. Um, Mueller. Mueller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could see Mueller giving Michik a match, but um, I didn't expect. Not only did neither one of them win the bracket, neither one of them even made the finals. And here you've got Ohio State undefeated Luke Pletcher going making his way through the bracket and 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 then dominating and, in the finals against Josh Terrell. So Terrell beats Mueller in the semis six zero, and Pletcher you know beats. Uh, so let's talk about the Pletcher Meechik match for a second. <laughs> yes, I think there was a bad call. I think that Pletcher got a takedown that he probably shouldn't have. He had a boot in, you know, one of those boot in sit overs type things. We had an ankle on the boot in, but Michik was kind of leaning back, and Michik immediately reversed him, which makes me think that eh, maybe you should let that that play out, right? 
Um, but at the end, you know, it was tied up, and somebody had to get a takedown, and Pletcher did. So it wasn't like Pletcher didn't get a takedown that match. You can't control how the match is refed, okay? All you can do is control how you respond, how your wrestling responds to the whatever situation is on the mat, okay? So Pletcher did what he had to do. The ref awarded a takedown. Yes, questionable. Definitely questionable. If I was a ref, which I'm not, I wouldn't have awarded it. But it did get awarded, and you got to continue you keep wrestling. wrestling. You just keep wrestling. And they challenged it. So, challenged it and didn't see it. And look, Pletcher, um, I don't think it's any secret that I was, I was, Pletcher is like, he's an enigma to me. Like, he, I was really down on him Friday night, even though he won matches, because he was winning them so closely. I was like, I'm not sure Pletcher is, and I told this to our buddies, uh, when we were talking, I'm not sure Pletcher is the guy who we thought he was because I told I said last year I thought that there was no doubt he'd win a national title before his 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 reign was over here, um, and then last you know on Friday night I was like guys he has very little offense he's hard to score on but he's not scoring a lot of points See, and that's the thing like last year at 141 yeah. I thought he had offense right. he had this amazing short drag to a single leg last year that he used a lot and I'm not really seeing that this year. And it seems like he's struggling to get to his offense against a lot of guys. But for whatever reason, he was able to figure a lot of some things out this weekend. He navigated a pretty difficult bracket to become a, a, a Cliff Keen, Las Vegas invite champ. And you know what, Ben? He's still undefeated on the season. It, and ultimately, if we, we've talked about this with other wrestlers. Whether you win by one or you win by 15, it doesn't matter. You win the match. Well, and, yeah, and so he had some actually good match. So he had a really close match with a guy from Wyoming. And that's where I think I kind of was like, Look, this guy is just not gonna. And then he goes out and he beats uh, Corbin Myers from Edinburgh. Who you know, he's a ranked guy in the country. Beats him five to one. I said, okay, that's pretty good. You know, here we come. Let's see about Steven Meechik. And then Meechik comes in and he takes him down pretty quick. Uh, he takes Pletcher down pretty quick. Pletcher gets an escape quick. Okay, we're still wrestling. We're still wrestling. Pletcher ends up taking him down, and Meechik gets an escape. I think it was four to four after the first period. They both kind of trade escapes and. Um, yeah, they trade escapes, and it's uh, 5-5 going into the final period. Pletcher hits him with a, a sick little sweep single, takes him down and rides him out, and he just beat the number three. He beat the guy who took third in the country last year. I was not expecting that of Luke Pletcher based on, based on what I've seen this year. And here's here's what I think that – Meechie so took fourth in the country last year, by Michi the way. took fourth. So Luke Pletcher is one of those guys that's going to wrestle close matches against guys that aren't that great. But he's not going to get blown out by guys. And we saw that last year. I think Ashley, Anthony Ashnaught was the one of the only guys to blow him out. And then he ended up tightening it, tightening it up at the NCAA tournament. I think Pletcher is just going to be a guy that is going to wrestle tight matches but has the skills to beat good guys. I wanted to know. And so so I, I, my biggest question, I didn't think Pletcher was going to beat Meechik. But my question was at the start of this tournament was can Pletcher go with Meechik? And that answer is yes, regardless of a bad call. The answer is yes. He got a takedown. You know, he got two, but I mean, he at least got a takedown. He couldn't get ridden. You know, Pletcher can go with those guys. Pletcher can go with the Meechik. Well, we know he can go with those guys. Like you said, I didn't last know if year, he could. He went with Anthony Ashnall at the NCAA tournament. I mean, he. He, he Pletcher was close to All Americaning last year at the national tournament. The, the thing that always concerns me about Pletcher is you can have a limited offense and still be a great wrestler, still win a lot of matches. If you're dominant in other positions, right now what we've seen is his offense has been limited. He's not great on top. Granted, he's pretty good on bottom. He's one of the few guys from Ohio State that doesn't get ridden off. They look better this week. I don't want to talk about that, but yeah, that's that's fine. So anyway, 
Michik ended up finishing fifth in this tournament. Yeah. And I strange. Definitely strange, but I think he it goes back to that perfect storm of, you know, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And after losing to Pletcher, especially after a questionable call, he drops down to the consolation bracket. And who does he got to wrestle right away? It's DeSanto. And if there's anyone that you probably don't want to wrestle after taking a loss that you don't think you should have taken. Yeah, when you're ready to half-heartedly wrestle, you can't yeah, wrestle DeSanto. you can't wrestle DeSanto half-heartedly because DeSanto is another one of these freshmen that we're seeing with an amazing pace. And he beat him up pretty He good. is a goer, dude. Oh, he never DeSanto, stops. DeSanto is a goer. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure he's going to All-American this year or anything like that as a true freshman. But he's definitely a goer. Um, and, and you know It's too bad for Michik Because remember We talked about seeding earlier It's just Now he's got a loss To Pletcher He's got a loss To DeSanto I'm not sure What he's going to be able to do Like remember he, I, You know He might end up On the same side of Gross At the NCAA tournament now You know Because I'm not sure Who else he's going to be who's else, I guess he's going to have Another crack at Pletcher Oh of course But He's going to have A couple more cracks He's not going to have A crack at DeSanto um, no, but I, DeSanto's already lost some matches as well. He lost so, to Ian Parker. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know how the seeding's going to play out come national you, tournament. You bet. know who had a great tournament that um, that we haven't really talked about yet is is Josh Terrell. Um, Josh Terrell, he beats Ian Parker, who's already beaten DeSanto, the first f- uh, in the round of sixteen. The fact that he shut out Mueller in the semis right. was amazing. I mean, I, I would, I think Jack Mueller is. One of the best wrestlers in the 130 Well, he beat DeSanto class, twice. You know? And the fact that Tayrao was able to shut him out to push through to the finals is, a, is amazing to me. Well, look at who he beat the match before that. Don Foreys, who was, like, seeded sixth last year in the country. Yeah, yeah. He Forrest beats Don Foreys, and then he beats Ian Parker, who'd already beaten DeSanto. He beats him 9-2. to So we've got a 9-2 to win from uh, Tayrao over uh, Parker. Uh, Tayrao beats Dom 6-3. Then he goes and he beats Mueller 6-0. And then Luke Pletcher wrestles the best match of the tournament and just dismantles Tay Round 9-2. So what, what do you take of this? So let's just just because I want to. So we've got Pletcher that finished first, Tay Round second, Mueller third, beating DeSanto twice, who took fourth, Michik fifth. Um, you know, Forrest all the way down to seventh, who, you know, people thought he was gonna be all American. Alright, so let me let me just give you my thoughts then real quick. Yeah. Okay. One, um, I disagree with you about DeSanto. I think DeSanto has the type of gas tank and the mentality that where he can be an All-American as a true freshman. So wow. I would actually, especially wow. in that weight class where after the big three, maybe the big four, if you want to go that far, um, at that weight class, it's it's wide open. Okay, There's no reason a guy like DeSanto is, can't, won't be able to compete for an All-American spot along with guys like Ernesti and Gustafsson and, thing, and, and Pletcher. Tay Rao, Pletcher, guys like that. Let me finish before you cut. Let me finish. I wasn't I cutting you exci- off. I know you're excited to say something. No, I've got two, a question for you. Two, I'm not high on Dom Forrest. I never have been. Okay. Really? He's never All-American. I, I know, okay. but he's got a lot of great wins, man. He's a really okay. solid wrestler. Never been really high. Never a state champ either. Never been high on Dom Forrest. Um, the way this bracket shook out with Pletcher 1, Tayrao 2, Mueller 3, DeSanto, Michik, Myers, Forrest, this is one of those times where I'll say the way this bracket shook out is not indicative of how things will turn out at the NCAA tournament in my mind because I still think and there's not a lot that people can tell me to make me think differently Michik is still the best wrestler in this bracket by far in my opinion I wouldn't say by far because I really like Mueller that's fine 
Uh, well, but but he's he's the best wrestler. Yeah. Okay. And then you've got a guy like like Mueller, um, who is another great wrestler in himself. But I don't even put Mueller in the big four in this weight class. You know. And, and, no, he's five six. Right, five six. So. But I, I think Michik is that good, and so I don't think the way this bracket shook out. It's to me, you're going to see it's a Vegas, lot baby. of things happen d- later in the season. People will forget about this. I'm not down on Michik because don't be down on Michigan guys because then they'll come back and pantaleo you, pantaleo you. Um, real quick um, before we before we move on in this, Pletcher versus DeSanto. That is a style clash. I'd be interested to watch that match. DeSanto is nonstop, and Pletcher just holds position. It's so hard to score on. I'm going to tell you now. I, I You love DeSanto, don't you? It's not that I love DeSanto. Anybody that's constantly attacking, that's got a great yeah. gas tank, yeah. all right, just having an amazing pace will keep you in every match. Right, right. Okay? And somebody can only hold position for so long. Okay? <laughs> that's a great point. Seven-minute match is a long time. And if, you're, if your main focus is holding position while another guy's main focus is fireman's carrying you to your back 15 times in a match – He's going to catch you once or twice. We know the only person that beat DeSanto this entire weekend was Mueller. Beat him twice. And he beat him twice. Yeah. All right, man. So moving on to 141 pounds, the hype is real. That's that's what I'm going to say. The hype is real about this guy. What a weight, though, right? It was a phenomenal weight. I mean, you've got guys in this weight class. You've got national finalist Bryce Meredith was was in this weight class. You've got... Uh, All-American Tommy Thorne was in this weight class and finished seventh, seventh, as you just said. Beating you out got, a freaking freshman phenom came in store. Exactly. Um, you had multiple freshman studs in this weight class between, you know, Store, Chad Red, Yanni. Yanni. You got some younger guys like, I don't know, I don't know Zanetta's uh, age, but dude, Nick Zanetta, I'm telling you, he's got a uh, wrestling pedigree, his family. Super legit. Oh, for sure. And then you've got Super the, legit. The, the always tough Josh Albert was in this weight class as well. I uh, just took um, second. No freaking big deal, right? But let's talk about Yanni, man. I wanna, I'll talk about Yanni all day. Let's do it. What's your favorite song that he's ever composed? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Clutch and I are talking about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, Yanni D, dude. So above all else, everybody's like, which they're all right. He's a great scrambler. He's great this and that. What he is... Is he is the best body awareness I've seen in a long time. Go I'm ahead. glad you said that. Because I, I have a specific I have a specific move. person. So I tried to watch all of his matches that I could this weekend. And you uh, should. And you definitely should. You are so right. Like he maintains such great position. He has great body awareness. His body awareness on his is the feet. Best. He's the so best. great on his feet. He gets in on these deep shots. He's so good at getting his head to the outside, finishing shots, or getting around, cutting that corner. Boom. You know, and I'm going to let you talk about that in a second. But the whole time I'm watching this guy, I'm watching him on his feet. I'm watching him the way he is on bottom. Right, I'm watching right. the way he is on top. And there's one comparison that I keep just kept popping into my head. Who is it? Dustin Schlater's freshman season. Really? Dustin Schlater's freshman season. Well, he season beat Zach Esposito to win a title. For Minnesota. Uh, and who, where, where was uh, Zach Esposito from? Iowa. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Who else is from Oklahoma State? Dean Heil. Oh, Dean Heil. You're right. I see where you're going. I'm like, I don't <laughs> remember. I don't, where are you going with this? But the entire time I'm watching it, I'm thinking he holds great position. He hand fights well. Very well. He... 
gets in on any attack that he wants. Any side. He's got great finishes. He's so composed. Superlative finishes. He can ride on top. He may not turn you, I didn't, but yeah, I didn't see he much can of ride that. on top. And on bottom, he's he's great. He's well, hard to ride on bottom. He got he got the only person that the only person that posed an issue with him on bottom was Bryce Meredith, who's really tough on top. And Bryce Meredith didn't really pose that big of an issue for I think him. He got right, I think he ended up getting riding time on him. I might not be positive, but it, it definitely was close. I'm not saying nobody will ever be able to ride right, him for right, a right. minute, but what I'm saying is, is that what I said was that the only nobody the only dominated yeah. nobody dominated him in any position this entire tournament. So he was in on a shot in the finals. It was either the finals or the semis. It might have been against Meredith in the semis. So he hits this head inside um, uh, knee pull to the opposite side of where he hits a single. Yep. So he hits his head inside knee pull to the right leg, and uh, it's just the where where he positioned his head, right. So as soon as it was either Meredith or Oliver, I can't remember who it was, kind of like, kind of started to lean in on their one foot. He cut back with mm-hmm. his head, just like a dump from his knees, and put him straight to this fucking freaking butt and finished the takedown. That is just a hundred percent body That's high level. That's just a hundred percent knowing that hey, I'm gonna shoot the shot. I'm gonna put my head literally right in this crevice where I need it to be, and I know exactly what he's gonna do. I know exactly what weight he's gonna put on, and I'm just gonna dump That's him. The- what you just said there to me is is the key thing in watching him wrestle. Yanni D always seems as if he knows what his opponent's next move is going to be in he does. every position. He knows and he's it. already two steps ahead yep. of him. He knows. So it. with he that knows said, it. I mean honestly, with that said, I, I'm, on the, I'm on the hype. I'm believing the hype now. The hype is real. I'm not saying he's going to beat Dean Heil. I had the hype real before. Remember, you got Kevin Jack too, by the way. But there's going to be very few people in this weight class that can compete with him because of how good he is on his feet. And I don't care how great their scrambling ability is because Bryce Meredith is one of the best scramblers in all of college wrestling. He is. And he had nothing for Yanni in that match. Well, he scrambled well with Yanni. Remember, it was a 4-2 match. Look, here's the people that I think can beat Yanni. No, it was a 4-2 to two match. Right, he scrambled right. well with him, but those scrambles never allowed him to come out Yanni in, in, in an advantageous on the position. Yep. Now, you know, Meredith's going to go back to the tape. I think a Meredith, I think a Jack, and I think a Heil can beat him. Uh, I think a McKenna would be an interesting match with him. Other than that, ain't nobody touching Yanni D. No. Ain't nobody touching Yanni D, son. I mean, he just beat Josh Alber 8-2. to two. Um... God. Well, he's a two-time cadet world champ, and he's he's a he's a true freshman. Now I think of course. he's I got think he took gray shirt, didn't he? No, he didn't. Oh, you're right. He didn't wrestle last year because of his bum elbow. He was a senior yeah, last year. Yeah, and he had year. plates in his elbow. Exactly. Couldn't wrestle. So he hasn't wrestled in a while. But I mean, he's like he's coming fresh off the freaking um, uh, season. He's 18 years old. I, I I'm gonna tell you, yeah, I understand. I'm pumped up about there's him. Jack, and I love. Kevin Jack. I think he's a phenomenal wrestler. Great he's Kevin Jack. Great scrambler. great scrambler. He's got great attacks on his feet. He's really good on top. But Yanni just looked he looked like a legit veteran out there. Like a guy who this is his third or fourth year in college. And he was not phased by anyone or any time, any position on the mat. I mean, he had an answer for everything. The way you put it, man, is exactly what I was trying to say, but just in a different way is that he knows what the other person's going to do so therefore he can counter it before they even do it i just remember watching that single that he hit and he just knew the exact pressure that he knew the pressure that the person was going to give him and utilize it against him dumped him easy takedown now he was in a lot of scrambles with bryce meredith he ended up winning a couple um oh i wish oklahoma state was at the scuffle I, i'm not sure that you know look i'm not sure yanni d is going to win it 
you know, don't freaking discount Dean Heil here. No, we've we've talked about that at night. I think, in fact, in fact, if Donnie Dean is Dean Heil wrestled tomorrow on a duel, I'm picking Dean Heil. I am. Are you? Yeah. I, I, yes. Until until somebody shows that they can beat Dean Heil, I'm going to pick Dean Heil. But Yanni D might be the second best, and I love Kevin Jack. So Yanni D might be the third best kind of weight. Let's just say right now. Uh, I got no argument against that. Like I said, I was extremely, extremely impressed with what I saw out of him this weekend. Um, you know, honestly, the finals match, in my opinion, should have been Bryce Meredith versus Yanni D. Right. Unfortunately, right. they met in the in the semis. Um, Bryce Meredith losing that tough match to Yanni for him to drop down in the consolations and come back and take third, beating Chad Red for the second yeah, time. Yeah, and a season, tough match, right? And a very tough match that shows a lot about Meredith's character, um, and that was impressive in my opinion. Dude, he's, I'm not worried about Meredith. He's going to get on the podium again this year. He's definitely going to be a contender to make the finals. So I got a question for you, and I know my answer, and I want I want your answer truthfully, truthfully before you knew all of this. Yanni D, Chad Red, Kanan Store. Who did you think was going to finish highest this year? Yanni. Me too. Yeah. I just didn't. I didn't know if 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 you were that high on Yanni because I was. I, I mean, I had never really got to see him wrestle much. I don't watch a lot of high school wrestling. Um, it, I I probably would have been picking between him and Chad Red to be truthfully honest. You liked him okay. over Kanan Store. See, I thought Kanan yeah. Store was. I, I, I do. I haven't seen anything from Kane and Store except for maybe one time yeah. to make me think that yeah. he is ever gonna that he's gonna get on the podium this year. You know, he had a great moment last he, he's year. He's had some bad losses this year already. Yeah, and he you know he had some great moments last year, but I think some of the best of his moments came in freestyle. To be truthfully honest, yeah, and he had a decent midland. You know, right. he beat a Luke Pletcher, You know, up a weight and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, okay, so, all right. So, all right, let's get the. I like Yanni D. I think I think we can all say that we like yeah, Yanni. D. Everybody likes Yanni. <laughs> um, so 149. Freaking Earl has him on his fantasy team. Yeah, he does. Let's talk 149, Ben. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, 149 is a weight class that I think people penciled in a couple, you know, uh, penciled in a couple finalists, and one of them made it. You know, I actually the other thought, one didn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to – I'll be completely honest. Um, I thought Max Thompson was the best guy in this weight class. Uh, uh, head and shoulders above everyone else, in my opinion. Even above Justin Oliver, huh? Even above Justin Oliver. Wow. Uh, Thompson went out. He was, a, you know, uh, an All American last year as a freshman, sixth place finish. Um, and I as really like Thompson, to be truthfully honest. But Thompson ended up taking fourth this weekend. I'm going to go a little Buckeye homerism here. I was really impressed with the performance of Keyshawn Hayes, to be truthfully honest. And there's another guy who I was really impressed with, who's quietly having a great season, and that's the only guy that beat Keyshawn Hayes this season in this tournament, is Heilman from North Carolina. Heilman, who's already beaten Gio Martinez, too, another returning All-American. Correct. Um, oh, so let's let's talk about Keyshawn Hayes real quick. Let's get our uh, let's get our Buckeyes done real quick. Keyshawn Hayes had a really nice tournament. Um, you know, he ended up losing his match to, um, to Heilman. Heilman, 10-8. He was up 6-0. Got put to yeah, his back a couple and, times. And got put, put to his back a couple times. Um, and then Howman ended up beating Thompson. But Keyshawn Hayes came back, and in the uh, match for third and fourth, he beat your boy. He did. Max Thompson, who took six last year at the NCAA tournament. And that's the win I think we need. So Keyshawn Hayes, he doesn't win the tournament. He has a close match with Heilman. He might have made the finals and wrestled Oliver. I favor Oliver in that match. But what I think we needed to see, what I think Buckeye Homers needed to see out of Keyshawn Hayes is a win over an All-American to say, okay, he's got the goods to do it. Up a weight where he's normally at, and I tell you what, he does not look like he's he doesn't st- look small. And I think that he's going to only get bigger, right? 
now that he's now that he's committed to that weight class, I think he's going to fill out. You yeah, can fill out. You during may the not season. see it this year, much like we didn't see it much with Miles Martin last year when yeah. he made the late jump to 184. But next year. But let me tell you this real quick, and and it is the truth be told, man, you can fill out during the year when you've when you made a decision to put on some weight, not a ton, but you really can. He he looked great in the um, finals for third and fourth against. Um, Thompson, he got a takedown on him. He almost turned him with a nice little claw, uh, uh, claw belly ride. Um, he he dominated the match. It was a close match, but he dominated it. I, I like Keyshawn Hayes right now. Now he's got that signature win over an All American. So when you say that he's in All American conversation, now you can truly say that. Absolutely. I completely agree with you there. Look, for Buckeye fans, there's no reason to ever panic about 149 right now because Hayes is showing that he's he has the good. size to compete there. Um, he's taken one loss on the season, a guy that he was up 6 to nothing on. That can be reversed, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely um, it can. And it's not like he lost to a scrub. Heilman, as you said, I mean, he's a great wrestler. He's got some great wins this year. He's coming out um, of nowhere. But Hayes is do. I mean, it just kind of legitimizes – what we all thought he had the potential to do. So I, I, I think huge recruit out of sign. high school. I think it's a great sign for Keyshawn to come off a devastating knee injury that ended a season last year, going up a weight this year, getting his wrestling back, getting his lungs back, you know, getting healthy, getting some strength on him, all of the above, and then to go out and finish third at a tough tournament. With some great wins, especially the one over Max yeah. Thompson, I'm and, excited. Yeah, and a close loss to Heilman, who had a close match with Oliver. So maybe, you know, maybe Hayes can scrap with Oliver. Um, you, you know, Hayes. I think it was the smart play by the Buckeyes to bump him up to 49 after they didn't finish their wrestle offs, because I think that what they looked at is, hey, I think that you one, I think maybe McKenna is probably the better guy at 41, but two, Hayes, you can go on and put some mass, and we like your frame for 49. He's got a really great lefty high crotch, and he's really tough on top. Um, he's going to be he's gonna be problems for people. And, uh, you know, am I penciling him in as an All-American right now? Absolutely not. But am I penciling him in as a guy that I really do think can be? Yes, and I tell you what, there's going to be some other tests this year that we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out before the Big Tens um, whether or not that I, I, Hayes right now is going to probably he's he's definitely going to be seated. I don't know if he's going to be top eight, but he'll be seated at the NCAA tournament, so he'll have a nice little setup there. Great points all around, man. I can't I can't say I disagree with anything you just said there. Um, let's go to 157. Okay, all right. I, I, 157, another. Really tough weight class. You've got guys like, you know, the Josh Shields, who's been freaking one of the hottest wrestlers in college wrestling the first month of the season. And he was really actually pretty hot last year until the NTAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair point, fair point. You know, you got guys like Tyler Berger, um, All-American last year, you know, another phenomenal wrestler. Micah Jordan's in this weight class. Alec Pantaleo in this weight class. You know Tyler who, Berger took down uh, Nolf a couple times last year. I mean, like that guy can wrestle. Good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, not, not that many people do that. You know, I, I mean, I hate to bring up past stats, but not that many people do that. So you're look at the look at the look at this. I'm looking at the you know the, the placers. It's crazy. I, I think the real story though from this weight class is that we finally saw who we all thought Alec Pantaleo was going to be this year and he started his season out a, a little rocky took a few losses all right took a few losses that people probably thought he wouldn't have taken 
Um, but he went out and he put it on some people this tournament and looked really good doing it. Well, let's run it from the quarters up, okay, for him. So he, he beats uh, Clay, Clay Ream, Clayton Ream. Yeah. Yeah, from North Carolina. Uh, yeah, from North and Dakota. Clayton. Pinned him. Then he goes out and he's got to wrestle Tyler Berger, who was an All-American last year. Wow. Just wallops him. Yep. Nine to three. And I'm like, okay, okay. And then Michael Jordan, I'll run this down. He, you know, he has a fall um, against the guy from Binghamton who upset someone. And then beats, he digs deep. To uh, beat Shields, got him on a couple stall points, but the legit ones, like where they go out of bounds. Like Shields looked like he didn't want to yeah, wrestle. You got to hit him, match. and then he took him down at the end. So I'm like, all right, Mick. So Clanch uh, and I, we made an avatar bet, like for our group me of like, uh, you know, if Jordan wins, I get to pick your picture for the two weeks. If he uh, Pantaleo wins, Pantaleo wins, you get to pick my picture. And I I'm thinking, just, I would just like to add. There was no losers. There ended up being no <laughs> losers in this bet. The, the, the avatar that Clanch picked was pretty nice. Um, so I'm thinking, I think, I, I'm, I'm confident that Micah Jordan's going to win this match in the finals. And, okay, it ended up being 10-3. to 3. He got sucked back for a bunch. That, would, that score is not indicative of how close the match was at a, a point. Point. at a point. At a point. Look, 10-3 to 3 normally means, wow, that's a wallop. And it was, but Micah Jordan can beat him. He just got to yeah. figure out how to get uh, get on his leg. All Buckeye homerism aside, really, um, the match was much closer than what that score indicates. Now, you know, Pantaleo, he he did what he had. He to do. looked great he, this he, whole tournament. He got the only takedowns in the match. Um, he pancaked him. He did. He pancaked him. Thankfully, he did. You know, he didn't score Jordan that didn't one. end up like like Reem did because Reem got pancaked yep. to his back and pinned. But and, and Micah Jordan. He, I got some things There's to say such about a it. big difference, in my opinion, in wrestling styles when you go from here's a guy that started out as 141, went to 149 <laughs> last year, and now he's at 157. And these are only one weight class jumps, but the styles change greatly. They really in do, my opinion, They really from do. From weight class to weight class. You know, at 40, 41, you've got guys who are probably pretty technical, great scramblers, fast still athletic. still got the real quick guys. Yeah, fast athletic. 49, now you're getting into these guys where, you know, you've got, obviously everybody's got great technique, but now you're getting into hand fighting, holding position, kind of bullies on the mat. Right. 57, it only continues to compound yeah, it's, further it's, from it's, there. It's less quickness on your shots, although Pantaleo's pretty quick. And, and it's, it's, more, it's more of a strength hand fight type game. So... Micah Jordan has always been a volume shooter, right. okay? And I think at 141, that works well for you when you're not managing a, a, a horrible weight cut and you've got the lungs mm-hmm. to do it. At 149, it worked out really well for him because I Because think he's dealing less athletic guys. Exactly. The problem is at 157 is you're dealing with guys who are big, strong, very defensive. I think he big. Even Josh Shields. I yeah, think yeah. if Micah Jordan would learn to pick his spots... A little more, Great point, a man. little better. Great point. I think you would not see him. I think you would see him have more success. He doesn't need to go out there and take 15 shots against Josh you're Shields. Exactly right. He needs to pick his spots a little better because when you're wrestling a guy like Josh Shields, who is so defensive, so great in short offense, and is a great rider, don't take 15 shots and give him a chance to score from his best position. Right. Pick your spots a little more wisely when you know you're going to have a better chance of finishing those takedowns. And you know that's why he got pancaked, because he put himself in a bad position against Pantaleo, yep. shooting too much. Right. Um, now, at the end of the match with Shields, shooting a lot of, was, the, was, the, was the smart play. Well, Shields was backing up yeah. all of that. He didn't even want to get on the line in, in sudden victory. But let me tell you what I liked about Micah. And, I, and you know, he got sucked back, and that's fine. But let me tell you about what Micah, Jordan's got, Micah Jordan got out on everybody. 
he that's good. He figured something out on bottom, and you know what he figured out? I he, can't just lay here. No, or else I'm not going to win. He goes short sit head Gazzoni. He goes short sit head Worked Gazzoni. Great until Pantaleo yeah. sucked Pantale- him back. Pantaleo scouted it and sucked him back, so he's going to have to go back to the drawing board on that a little bit. But I tell you what, he got out on Shields two to three times on that, and he got out on Pantaleo or Pantaleo at least once on that. Now Pant- Pantaleo had it scouted and sucked him back, but yeah, tell you what, Michael Jordan's starting to find out a way to get out on bottom, and that is huge. You know what? You know what you can't do when you do a short sit to a head gazoni. What? Lean well, you backwards. Can't lay on the mat with your head glued to the mat. So maybe that has helped him. Right. You know, because before, what do we see? He get taken down, or somebody riding him, and just, just laid head, down. His head's just, he's just laying there, head's yeah. just glued to the mat. It's it's funny that you know Pantaleo beat him ten to three, and I'm actually more excited about the way Michael wrestled this tournament. He pinned a lot of people, tech people. I'm more excited about the way Michael wrestled this tournament. And even though he did get walloped in the finals, he still beat Shields, um, you know, to, uh, to uh, you know to re- avenge that loss. And he got out. People didn't ride him. So I think that short sit head Gazzoni, when he does a little more work with it with Jaggers, I tell you what, I think that it's going to be great. He didn't get ridden for the first time in three freaking years. He didn't get ridden. Lot, and I am pumped up to, about that. There's a lot to be excited about. Yeah. Um, Pantaleo, though. So explosive. He, people were so worried about him. You know, I think he's I think he's finding his way. And I tell you what, Pantaleo Jordan at the duel is going to be a great match. It ain't going to be 10-3, I'll tell you that much right now. But um, uh, Pantaleo has definitely got, you know, he, he people shouldn't be worried about him because he's looking good. Well, I, th- I think you saw from him this tournament the type of explosiveness that he has, the type of athleticism that he has. And you and I, we had conversations in the past on this podcast about, and I asked the question or have often pondered, can his athleticism – keep him in a match with a guy like Jason Nolf. And I'm not saying he's going to win the match. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying keep you in a match. I I definitely think his explosiveness and athleticism, you know, makes him have that finalist potential. You could see him in the finals opposite of Jason Nolf, even though Michael Kimmer is damn, damn good. But um, well, not just him. And you got you, you got really saw the Valley Chance Marstell. I mean, you got some guys, but you I'm don't have Chance Marstell. He wrestles 165. Oh, sorry. You know, I sorry. appreciate your excitement. About your fantasy um, guy. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you know who I thought kind of had a disappointing tournament is, is Berger. You know, he took fifth last year. Um, he was real hot during the season and uh, ends up taking fourth, you know, behind uh, Shields, Jordan, Pantaleo. And maybe that's just a testament to how good those guys are. Yeah, you got four guys ranked in the top six of the country. Yeah. Right I, there. I mean, that's. You're right. And those results, you could wrestle this tournament 10 times, and those four guys could flip flop their placings. Every time it's wrestled. And Shields is another guy where I'm, I'm a big mental guy. He's another guy that says, you know what, I went one and two at the NCAA tournament last year. I'm not going to let that affect me. I still believe I can beat All-Americans, and you know what he has. Yeah, you're right. And Taylor Bermani, Taylor I know he took seventh, but, you know, he's our boy from St. Ed's, Ohio, uh, from Pitt. He's, he's having a decent season. He's from Marysville. Oh, Taylor Marani, you're right. He's from Marysville. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, I was thinking of L.J. Bentley. Sorry, I was thinking of L.J. Bentley. You got so excited. They to both say wrestled that. for Pitt. They you both got wrestled, so excited. To they say both that. wrestled for Pitt. That's fine. It doesn't make him from the same high school. All right, Taylor from Marysville. Uh, you know, he finished seventh, and I, I think that he's a, he, he's a bubble round of twelve guy right now to me. All right. You can hate me on that if you want. I'm not going to say anything. So let's go to the weight class that Trance Marsteller actually does wrestle for, even though he Jesus. wasn't here. <laughs> we need to cut you off. No more booze for you. Dude, I got nothing else to do today. Let's have a good time. Um, Yeah, 165 was crazy. Uh, crazy oh, in the fact that. Oh, God, it was. 
I, I, I think Logan Massa, I was under the impression, my opinion was that Logan Massa is the second best 165-pounder in the country. And you love Massa. I love Massa. And, and, I, and I like him He's awesome. Lot. I like him a lot. I'm not as high on him as you are, but I like him a lot. That's fine. A lot. Like more, like more than most people, but slightly less than you. <laughs> Do you have him on your fantasy team this year? No. How much does that break your heart? You had him last year, didn't you? I did. <laughs> yeah, you did. So, um, I know the right freshman to pick. Evan Wick's the real deal, dude. He lost to Evan Wick. Evan Wick is nasty on top. That's but another. He, it, he's it's good a, scrambler too. It's another scenario where your top game will keep you in every match. Bingo. And he got on top Bingo. of Massa, and he worked him on top. He rode him like a freaking pony. He did. And then Massa lost and said, I don't want to play this t- game anymore and went home. He went home. He defaulted out. Yeah. You know who you know who did look good in this tournament, though? McFadden. Oh, yeah. He looked great. I want to talk about the McFadden-Campbell match, if you don't mind. Go ahead. McFadden won the match four to nothing. He did. Okay. He did. Um, I, I just want to talk about it because Campbell's obviously our boy, and, and I like Campbell. And I, what I saw from Campbell this week – is that he is a legitimate All-American contender. So he lost um, two matches. He lost to David McFadden, who was a returning All-American, 4-0. to zero, And it was five seconds of a match that he lost. Did you, did you watch it? So um, McFadden got a, uh, what is it called, the um, danger call? Yep. He got the danger call, and then he got two backs off of it, and the two backs were it was suspect. Now, I'm not saying, look, McFadden won the match fair and square, but I, I feel like the danger call, or the danger call was legit. McFadden got a couple back points. So it was a five-second sequence that um, ended up uh, uh, deciding the match between McFadden and Campbell. That match can be flipped. And, and McFadden is an amazing wrestler. Now, Campbell ended up taking fourth, losing to Isaiah White, who he'd beaten earlier in the tournament. I tell you what, Isaiah White, and, and it's funny because Isaiah White was supposed to come to Ohio State, to Ohio State and wrestle yeah. for 65. We got Campbell, and, you know, and I was like, you know, I wonder who's going to be the guy. Like, are we going to be missing out if we don't get Isaiah White, or are we good with Campbell? Well, it turns out it's probably just about the same because uh, Campbell beat Isaiah White in the quarters, I believe, uh, three to one, and then he lost to him four to one in the uh, finals for third and fourth. So those guys are pretty much even. Um, so I liked. I thought that Campbell, even though taking fourth, we didn't think he's going to be. You know, he's not going to be a champion. But to me, it's kind of like Keyshawn Hayes. He's moving closer to the mark of, I think, that he can be an All-American. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think based on his performances last year at Pittsburgh and based on what we've seen from him in a few different matches this year, I, I think he can be an All-American. <clears throat> However, unlike Keyshawn Hayes, Campbell does not have that marquee signature win right now. You can't tell me it's against Anthony Valencia because – I mean, granted, he reversed a match. You know, he, he nine to two to yeah, he, a fourteen now. Exactly. You know, he he beat a guy fourteen to zero that that dominated him last year. But he's yet to beat an All American. Right. Okay. And that's what I'm right. going to see out of him. Um, right. The, the McFadden Campbell, the match being split, you know, flipped. Okay. Yeah, I guess based off of the way this match was wrestled, I, I can watched see the that. match intently. I'm sure you did. I, I you're right. Based on the way this particular match was wrestled. It could lead you to believe that that could be flipped. Yeah. This is the question I'll ask for you, and, and, and be honest, Ben. At any point in time, was Tayshawn Campbell legitimately 
did he le- have a legitimate chance or put McFadden in danger yes. of actually scoring on Yes, him? he did. How he got scored on was off a shot of his, and they both scrambled around, and both parties ended up being in the 50-50 danger zone for a while, or, you know, the, the danger zone, and it ended up being McFadden who outscrambled them a little bit to put him in the danger zone for two. But at times, McFadden was almost put in that danger zone as well. But you're t- okay, so the way I the way I read that, the and, way then he, I, and he wrote him pretty good too. The way I interpret that is, well, Campbell's great on top. That's but what I mean. The way, the way I interpret that is, he took a shot. They got put into a fifty-fifty situation. So now it's whoever's who's the best scrambler. Not Campbell took a shot and almost finished the takedown. It was close. No, it really was. All right. Okay. It really was. We're gonna we'll agree to disagree on sure, this one. Sure. I still need to see more from Cam. Okay. Okay. And when I do too, you because then, then he lost to Isaiah White. Right. You know, I still need to see more from. Um, but we're, we're I think we're kind of glossing over. You know, Evan Wick. I don't know if you want to go somewhere else with this, but you know, Evan Wick had a freaking phenomenal tournament. I, I mean, I've got nothing more I can say about him. Yeah, I think he he he, he he's got one of the best wins of the tournament when he when he beat Logan Massa, um, and it wasn't even close. Where I was gonna go was is going back to Anthony Valencia. Man, this guy's really trending down in my opinion. Really trending down. I just he's not who we thought he was. Is that is that bad to say? He's not who we thought he was. I'm just not sure how well his style translates to the folk style. I, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I thought he was gonna make a big jump this year, and to see him finish seventh in this tournament shocks me, um, especially after we watched him, you know, get completely dominated by Tayshawn Campbell in the duel. I'm just it's it's surprising to me. It's really surprising to me. This it, Anthony more the same. was the number one recruit coming out of high school that year, even more so than his brother. It's more of the same, man. It's more of the same with him. And it, and it's to me it's sad. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well speaking of his brother, um at hundred and seventy four pounds, Zahid Valencia is just He's awesome, in my opinion. I mean, I we say this every week, but I think he's one of the best wrestlers in all of college. I think he's top four. You think he's top four at this weight? No, top four in all wrestlers. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I really I, do. I would debate that. I, I would definitely debate that that he could be top four. For him and Nickel. Yeah. So, so you go Nolf, uh, Rutherford, Snyder. Right. And, and then you got him and Nickel. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, you're right. I, I one of the greatest wrestlers in all of college, um, and for him to go out and win this weight class again, beating Bo Jordan again, I mean, it just great match was a great match. Um, but I still saw nothing that said Bo's going to win a Ooh, match against him. Okay, I disagree. Okay, I disagree. Look, I love my Buckeyes, I, and I am a homer, but I'm going to call it how I how I see it. I, I don't think Bo is ever going to come close to beating Zahid. All right. Okay, he may come close, but he's not going to beat him. Well, it was a three point match this time versus a, a blowout last time. So let's just jump to the finals then real quick, and we, we, and we can run it back if we want to. Bo Jordan got taken down and sucked back down 6-0 and comes back and loses 9-6. So we outscored him 6-3 in the last, uh, uh, you know, the last, at the end of those periods. He took him down a couple times, which he did not do during the duel. Mm-hmm. So there's, that right there gives him confidence that he can take Zahid down. Also, Zahid needed a lunger. What did you think about that? His coaches, Bo Jordan took him down on the edge. It ended up standing for two. Yeah. It was, he was clearly in bounds, and, Zahid, and he could, Zahid, or, uh, Zeke Jones could tell Zahid was gassing. He could. And so he threw the brick to give Zahid a, 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 a lung timeout. And don't tell me that that didn't happen. Tell me about it. I mean, you just did. 
You want to know my thoughts on it? Yeah. I think Zeke made the right choice. Oh, right? you son He made of the right bitch. call. Look, you've got us. You, He's got, lung time out. Hey, you've got a challenge to use. It was a, <laughs> it was a takedown on the edge. You think your guy needs a break? Throw the brick. You're right. You're right. If I think it's smart coaching. I've done it. You're right. I think it's smart coaching. I hate opinion. to say it. It is smart coaching. But Bo had him on the ropes, buddy. Bo had some really nice shots. I tell you what. If Bo wrestles that way against him the next time and doesn't get sucked back, that's a match. It's a freaking match, buddy. And I'm the guy that said last time, and it was, you said it too, but and, which is fine. I said there's no way I see that match being flipped based on what we saw last time. This time, you know, remember when I said Bo hit that duck double and didn't finish it? Mm-hmm. Well, he finished it this time, buddy. He also finished a single leg, yep. and he's also going to put a little ride on him. And I tell you one thing right now. Next time they wrestle, it's going to be even closer. I love the way Bo Jordan wrestled um, this tournament. Even though he had a close one with Miles Amin, who, who proved to be pretty damn good because he ended up taking third in this weight class behind Zahid and Bo. I liked the way Bo wrestled. Um, he had some close matches, you know, 9-5 to five against Subject. I think a 7-2 to two earlier than that. Keith Subject's from uh, Stanford. But he he's not going to blow guys out like we used to think, but he's starting to, he's starting to show that, hey, I'm going to have something to say about this weight. I really think he is, Brandon. I really think he is. I I, I definitely think he's got something to say about this weight class. You know, right now you've got 85 other guys vying for second place, and I think Bo's got his name in that contention for second place. I just don't see him beating Zahid, man. You think 85? No, Mark Hall's got his his number one name there. In this weight class? Yeah. Mark Hall is not number one in this weight class. Ben. No, but he's, you said 80, you had 85 guys vying for second place. No. Yeah, I was making a, a comment, no. I guess, uh, you know, a sarcastic comment okay. that says, of course, Bo has something to say about this weight. He's one of the 85 other guys that has a chance for second uh, place. I get, what you're I get what you're saying. I mean, I is think. It, is it marinating? Is it so Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting okay, down. Okay, thank you. I think it's a heed, Bo, Mark, and I, I can't wait for Mark Bo. Look, all joking aside, yes, Bo has something to say about this weight class. Um, he did close the gap a little bit on Zahid in this match. He really I think, closed the gap. I think, but here's the thing. I think there was something going on with Zahid in that finals match that we haven't seen from him. You know, maybe maybe he was a little tired. Maybe it was a two day weight cut. That, you know, did first you see the semis? Do it. This is no because the semis is gonna the semis is gonna tell you exactly. Your semis is feeding into exactly what you're saying. Whatever it was, I don't know. I also think that when you're up six to nothing, your style might change a bit how you're wrestling a match. Sure. Okay, so now you, you're kind of on the retreat mode, kind of trying to hold position. Bo got to his attacks. Um, I just saw Zahid completely dominate Bo Jordan two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, and I, I'm just, I just don't believe that anybody that that Bo Jordan can beat Zahid Valencia. I'm sorry. I'm a believer now, baby. Right. And, and the reason why I interrupted you is because I'm, I, I was agreeing with you. That you saw something about Zahid. He didn't have the greatest match against Taylor Luhan either. It was tied going into the second period. Right. Ended up being 9-6. to six. And that's what I'm trying to say is maybe Zahid didn't have his best tournament, which is fine. We all don't have our best tournaments. And, and to think that Zahid, is, Zahid isn't still the number one guy in that weight class, you'd be silly to think that. He definitely is the number one guy in that weight class. All I'm saying is that I, it's the first time he got taken down. Well, Luhan took him down. But other than that, all I'm saying is Bo Jordan – has he figured him out a little bit more? He figured him out you're a little right, bit right. more. I'll give to that. And you know what? You know what else? We've said this before, but I'm just pumped that Bo Jordan's even wrestling yeah, December second. Right. I think this is the first time in four years he's wrestled this tournament, right? No, you're exactly right. I've never seen him. Maybe his freshman year. No, he had a toe. 
He had to tell his freshman, too. Yeah, so I think this might be the first time in his career that he's wrestled the Las Vegas invite. So just to see Bo competing and competing at a high level in December, you know, it's great. It's great for Buckeye fans. Yeah. But, I mean, come on, Zahid Valencia, man, the dude's the man. He is the man. And you know what? The guys for third and fourth actually look pretty damn good, too. So we'll start with Miles Amin. Miles Amin, Miles Amin he had a tough one. With uh, C.J. Brucky from Central Michigan, beat him 9-8. to eight. Maybe they've wrestled before or not. But then he went out there, and I tell you what, he, he scrapped with Bo. He scrapped with Bo Jordan. He got a takedown on him. And then he goes out and he beats Taylor Lujan from uh, Northern, Illinois, or Northern Iowa um, in the finals. But Taylor Lujan, he might have had one of the coolest moves of the tournament in the quarterfinals. He wrestled Jaden Berenstein. Baron, yeah, I think it's it's uh yeah it's Baron it's Baron uh here we go again it's Jaden Berenstein it's it's Stein <laughs> it's, Stein. it's Stein the Berenstein Bears yeah it, it, it's, it's Jaden Berenstein him and uh, they they wrestled a couple times and put up like tons of points like over twenty points per thing and Luan says you know what instead of doing all that he lat drops him off of a beautiful so Berenstein shoots in on him gets in on a right le- or a left leg um, and then. Uh, he kind of dig, uh, Luhan digs those underhooks, pulls his leg back, and just throws a beautiful lat drop on him and pins him. And uh, Luhan goes on, then he gets, then he uh, loses a tight one to Miles Amin. But I, I like those top four. I like those top four a lot. Zahid, Bo, and Miles, all All American last year. That was three, Lujan two, four. Not. Yeah, Luhan did not. I think Luhan obviously has all this talent and the goods to be an All American. Um, you know, he, 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 you saw it last year. He had a great win over Zach Epperly earlier in the season last year. Um, Lujan's a phenomenal wrestler. Um, the thing that strikes me most about Miles Amin, though, is that last year at Big Tens, I believe it was Big Tens, Bo Jordan beat the piss out of Miles Amin. He beat him like 14-6. Yeah, it was bad. It, I mean, he really dominated him. And their match in the semifinals at this tournament was 6-4. to four. Okay. And Bo had to fight off a takedown late. Exactly. So Miles Amin is somebody that you're always going to have to watch out for. Now, I mean, he's taken some losses on the year already. Obviously, he lost to Jordan Cutler. Cutler, and he's lost to Bo already. Yeah. Um, but those, I mean, the, those aren't bad losses. No, those are. In fact, those are really good losses. Uh, speaking of Cutler, we're getting a little off topic right now. Jordan Cutler's wrestling Mark Hall today. When Lehigh Lehigh is wrestling Penn State right now. What time? I believe it's going on like as we speak. I think. Why do we have not have that, that on? Because we're doing an extremely long anniversary podcast. Oh, well, we're going to put that on here shortly. <laughs> so, all right, let's go to 184, man. Can I just? I just want to say something, and then I'm going to let you do your thing. No, you do your thing, baby. Miles Martin looks phenomenal. He looks phenomenal. so good. Phenomenal. He looks like so good. Oh my god! Like Miles Martin has not only grown into this weight class. But his wrestling is on a whole nother level at this point in the season than I think what we've ever seen him. His attacks look amazing. He's riding tough, great on bottom. I mean, he's scoring bonus point victories almost every time out. He is looking damn he's, good. He's scary, man. So he wrestles the guy uh, Venz from Nebraska in the semis. So all Venz does in the round of 16 is he beats returning All-American Drew Foster uh, from UNI by fall. And then he beats... Uh, Highly ranked uh, Ellingwood from Central Michigan by fall. This dude is just on a fall, you know, he's on fall break because that's all he's doing is pinning people. And he runs up against Miles Martin, and Miles Martin goes, <laughs> I'm going to body lock you to your back. His body lock, dude. He's got Miles a great Martin body lock. Body lock. He body locks everybody. He body locks Steve Schneider from Binghamton. I mean, this guy. So Schneider from he's Binghamton body locked Bo Nickel in the past, yeah, too. Yeah, he is, he is 
here's what he's doing that he did last year, even to the exponential extent, is that he is majoring ranked opponents, majoring them. So Vince, who's you know he wasn't ranked, but he's out, obviously beat a couple ranked guys during this tournament. So Vince is on a roll, right? Vince uh, is ranked. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, Vince is ranked. He's he's a freshman actually. Yeah. Okay. So this is his first time out. You know, I think he's a redshirt freshman. Vince is ranked, and Vince had a phenomenal tournament. This phenomenal. Weekend. I just I ran mean, through it. He sh- yeah, a phenomenal tournament. So Miles Martin's win against him. Oh, he beat he him up. He teched him oh. nineteen to four. He Bet. put him on his back with the freaking. Uh, Bent leg Turk. Oh, it looked like it hurt. Not only did Venz beat Drew Foster, Venz also beat Zach Zavatsky from Virginia Tech for third and fourth. He did. He did. Zavatsky, if people remember correctly, Zavatsky beat Mymar at this same tournament last year. God, Venz is going to jump in the rankings. And Mymar just put it to him. And then so he goes on and he wrestles Dominic Davenator. No, Zavasky. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the uh, Abinator beats Zavasky eight zero. Nice win for Abinator. Abinator is a consummate guy who's always been really good. You know, I couldn't consider him the Eric Hollis from Michigan. Like he's an All American this year. Finally, Eric Hollis never won a Big Ten championship. Yeah, you're right. And um, I mean, you like, put a lot of you put a lot of weight on Big Ten titles, Ben. I do. So you know, Martin took him down three times, but everybody was worried about like oh, Martin. Don't go down. You know, Clonch was like. Martin better not go down on Abinator. Better watch out. Martin goes down on them, gets out in like ten seconds. <laughs> I mean, Martin just Martin. Okay, he could have avoided going down on Abinator. He didn't need to. He could have picked neutral and took him down again. Instead, he says, "I'm going down." Gets out with like ten, in ten seconds, and then just goes be, goes on to take him down three times. Beats him eight to five against a really tough guy. Martin was unchallenged because that eight to five was not even close. That was not a close match. Martin didn't have a close match in this entire. Entire the tournament with guys like Abinator, Venz, Zavatsky, Ricky Robertson, Schneider, Drew Foster, and Ellingwood in his bracket, and he didn't have a close match. I'm those are all NCAA type guys, and I'm really looking forward now to see how much progress and improvement Miles Martin has made. I'm looking forward to that Bo Nickel Mymar. You want match. me to call it? You want me to call it right now? No, but you can if you want. Mymar's beating Bo Nickel every time they wrestle this year. Okay, all right. Well, that. All right. I got a little bit of wine. You've had a, a lot to drink today, and that's okay. Totally not a lot. acceptable. Come on. Totally acceptable. <laughs> I'm not a freaking drunk, but I mean, we're enjoying ourselves. It's our <laughs> anniversary podcast. My, don't you think you look so good? I, I said that. I started the, the 184 pound weight class stating how great Mymar has looked. And, I mean, it, it's in every aspect, every position. He's he high looks, low. High low. I mean, he, he looks Goes phenomenal. up top. I have nothing else I could even. Begin to add to this conversation. He looks amazing. His wrestling results are, are prove it, are showing it What's right he do? now. What's he do? He gets out on anybody that tries to ride him. He rides people, and he take, he goes upper body. He goes lower body to both sides of the legs. How do you beat him? How do you beat him? Tell me how you beat him, because I don't know how to beat him. The only guy that can beat him in this weight is Bo Nickel. Yeah, and that's okay. going to be... Oh. It's going to be... That match is going to be fireworks. You're getting me excited, buddy. Because we're going to get to see it three times this year, in my opinion. I'm so excited. (laughs) All right. 197, Ben. Kick us off. Your boy, Colin Moore. Oh, Colin Moore. Started out the tournament with a little frustrations. What a conundrum, dude. What a conundrum. Colin Moore, first match of the tournament again uh, against Orndorf. uh, Yeah, it's Orndorf from uh, Utah Valley University. I'm sorry. God. (laughs) You know, yeah, I, I'm not the best with names, as we've already figured out. And he beats him 15-11. Orndorff takes him down and turns him for two. 
at the end. I mean, that match was close because it was 14-something at the end before he got his riding time point. Then he goes out and he wrestles Schultz from uh, Nebraska. I mean, a virtual nobody. Beats him 3-2. to two. And then he beats a guy, Honus, from Cornell 5-3, to three, and I'm like... And Honus has actually dropped, dropped from 285, yeah. I believe, to wrestle 197 at this tournament. So, and that was all first day. That was all Friday. And we're all texting, and we're like... And we're not worried. Like, you know, we, we didn't overreact. But we were like, is he sick or what? You know what the problem is with uh, Colin Moore? And I want to know if you noticed this. He has too much unnecessary movement that wears him out. Yeah, it's going back to the Micah Jordan thing. Too much unnecessary yeah. movement, flailing almost. He's extremely active, um, takes a lot of shots. He's got offense for days. But sometimes you're going to wrestle guys at the 197 pounds that are big, strong, defensive, hold position, position type guys. Hold position, you're right. Y- you know what? You're, you need to pick and choose your spots a little more wisely, you know, because Great when point, you don't man. in these long two-day tournaments where you're going to wrestle, you know, four, five, six matches or whatnot, it's going to take a toll on your body, making weight two days in a row. But it's okay because I think just like we saw with Zahid Valencia, and some other guys in this tournament, Colin Moore is another example. He went out there. He battled through controversy. He battled through he some, some adversity. matches. He was able to find a way to win those matches. And then you know what? Come second day, he turned it on. Well, I mean, even he, he, you think he had a bad a, cut. You think he had a bad cut? He's cutting a little bit this year. Could be. Could be a bad cut. Could be. Maybe I'm feeling run down. Actually, you know what? I was thinking about this. Yeah, that's why I want to hear and about this stuff. Colin Moore reminds me. All right, so he's a sophomore, okay? We know he's a sophomore. He took third last year as a freshman, all right? And his style and his demeanor and his mentality remind me of another guy who took third as a soft, as a freshman and then went on to have a phenomenal career. J.D. Bergman? That was Gabe Dean. Oh, Gabe Dean. Okay. okay. So Gabe Dean and Colin Moore, in my opinion, have a lot of similarities. And I think Gabe Dean had a problem like overtraining. When he was younger, so he took third as a freshman, then went out. He was supposed to be the you know the national champion, you know, picked the next year, ranked number one in the season. He actually had a bad Vegas tournament. After that, that's right. He lost okay. to uh, Hayden Zilmer and um... yes, he had a bad Vegas tournament. And Rob Cole and his coaches, they had to br- reel Dean's training in and say, "You are overtraining. You need to understand when to back on, when to turn it on, and when to back off." And Colin Moore just seems to, maybe it's just a gut feeling, maybe it's just my observations, but he strikes me as a guy that doesn't, his body doesn't know when to quit. He's just going to go, 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 go. He's that driven. He's that dedicated. Maybe he's been overtraining a little bit. Maybe it's a weight cut. I don't know. But there's a lot of pressure that goes on a sophomore shoulder. He has some pressure. third last year, and he's the man this year. The man. Okay? Number one guy in the country. Um... Anybody that's picking against him to win the national tournament is crazy in my mind. Especially you see that Tweezy Pat Downey? He just pinned, you know, Jared Hot again in the finals of this tournament. Did you see that tweet from Pat Downey? I did. I did. That's silly. I liked, I liked his response tweet, which is the Wayne's World thumbs up. Yeah. Um, but again, I guess the point I'm trying to make about, about Colin Moores is that who knows what it was. He had some close matches. Okay, you're going to have close matches. He went out. He won the tournament, and not only did he win the, he win the tournament, he stuck Jared yeah. Hot again. Same time. In the Same, finals. It was a carry to a headlock. Yeah. So I just want to go back to it real quick, and, and I, and I want to reiterate it. And it's because he had he had close matches early on. I do think, especially maybe it was a weight cut, cut issue, 
he he has a lot of unnecessary movement, okay, mm-hmm. um, where he's flailing a little bit to go for things, and it works. But towards the end of the match, especially his first match against uh, Ovendorf from uh, um, Utah Valley, he, he got so tired at the end of the match. And th- that can be a weight cut, but that could also be him maybe going out. So kind of similar to what you said about Micah. Maybe pick your spots a little bit more. Exactly. But, but at the same time, I don't want that to be – I want Colin Moore to still wrestle his style. Because we would be t- – if Colin Moore wrestled more of a Tayshan Campbell style where he hangs out and tries to figure out stuff, it's not going to work as well for him. He still needs to go after it. Because look what he did in the quarters. Hunter Ritter, who we had a tight match with last year. Oh, he dominated. Dominated. And then he beat a guy from Cal State Bakersfield who, who's a legit A top guy. 10 ranked yeah. guy in, in Williams, Matt Williams, yeah. I believe. Yep. And, and he beats him 10-4 to 4 and it wasn't even that close. And then he goes out and just freaking fireman's carry up to a headlock. Pin reminiscent of NCAA's last year on Jared Hot, number two guy in the country. Colin Moore just pinned the number two guy, or well, number three guy in the country now because Willie Makeless beat him. Um, That's the second time in, in the course of a seven day span that Jared Hot's been stuck. This one was a little bit different, but um, <laughs> we did have some worry about Colin Moore Friday night, but it wasn't like overreaction. It was more like, man, is he sick or is you know something going on? But. I'm good with Colin Moore. Yeah, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, he, <laughs> I'm cool with them. He uh, he got the job done. He, everyone's going to have close matches. Hot looked pretty good too, though. Hot I looked th- pretty good throughout the tournament. I thought Hot had a had a really good tournament up until the finals. But it just goes to show you. I mean, I will argue all day long with anyone in the country if if they want to tell me that there's a guy that can beat Colin Moore at this weight class. I don't see it. I really don't see it. I, I mean, I want, I, I'd love to see him against Miklas. I think that's the win. I'd love to see him against Downey. That's a win. But, yeah. I don't think we're going to – I agree I, with you. If we see Downey, Downey's going to be 184 pounds. I don't think we're going to see like him at this weight I, I think we're going to see him at 184. Um, okay. I, I, the Miklas thing, it doesn't – doesn't. I just don't get scared over that matchup. Yeah, you, don't, you don't like yeah, – yeah. All right. You know, I, you got yeah. a guy like um, – and uh, Jacob Warner, who just beat Miklas, dominated Miklas, and the last time Warner and Moore wrestled, Moore teched him. Now, granted, it was freestyle, but, I mean, Moore's a, Moore's a takedown yeah, guy. he's a takedown right? guy. He's a takedown right, guy, right, not a right. turner. No, he's going to beat Miklas. Yeah, he's so, beat Warner. He beat Warner. I really right. like what you said there. I think that I think you made some really good points. Well, thank you, Ben. No, I, I really do. I'll toast to that. <laughs> Let's toast to that right now. <laughs> Cheers. Do we have any wine? Oh, damn, I got to get another bottle open. No, let's wrap this up. All right, because we are already really deep into this podcast. We balls deep? <laughs> God dang it. Well, let's talk about heavyweight. 285, speaking of balls deep. God, my boy, our boy Jacob Casper. The Finish friendly third. freaking ghost. Finish third. Finish third, and he's not going to be happy about it. You know, he had a tight match with Hall until he got stuck. Oh, God, I love Jacob Casper, but unfortunately he finished third. Huh? Hall pinned him? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that one. Yeah, he pinned him late. He pinned him late. What was the score at that time? I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it, it wasn't a beat-up. But, you know, Kuhn, here's what I'm thinking. You know how you hear the, and this is going to piss off our blood round, boys. Everybody's so high on Kuhn, and Kuhn is definitely going to finish second this year. But I, I don't know if I was that impressed with them. I'm sorry to say. Looking semis on. Well, I think one of the things you run into when you're Adam Kuhn is that there's a lot of guys that he wrestles that refuse to wrestle him. You're okay, exactly so right. you're they, exactly they're right. backing up all over the mat. They they don't want to engage with him. So you're going to see Adam Kuhn in, so in a big. lot of close matches. He's he's ginormous. He's so okay, right, and, and he him? wants to be an astronaut. Did like, I, don't, I don't see it. <laughs> Did you see him with, accepting his award with his double knee pads and his singlet and t-shirt? Like he looked like he was like a 16 year old wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, look, 
people refuse to really want to engage and wrestle with Adam Kuhn, so you're going to see those close matches. It, it, my I hear a lot of people talking about how bad is Kyle Snyder going to beat Kuhn? Is it going to be by eight? Is it going to be it by ain't ten? Gonna be bad. It's not going to be by that much because Adam Kuhn has one thing that can neutralize that match. He's not going to win the match, in my opinion, but his size alone will help yep. neutralize right. a lot of positions in that match. Well, they wrestled before, exactly. and it was a close match. Exactly. I mean, even look at look at Snyder's match last year against. Um, uh, the Wisconsin heavyweight in the finals. Oh, Medbury. Medbury. What was yeah. the final score of that? Do you remember? I, I think they beat him by like 2-3. Okay. Medbury had a lot of size. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, granted, there's that great picture of Snyder getting in that double, picking him up yeah. over his shoulders. But and Medbury never had a chance to win the match. No. But seven minutes, wrestling a guy for seven minutes who's got 40 pounds on you is going to wear on you. And it's going to create, you know, make certain situations more challenging. So, I don't see Kyle Snyder beating Kuhn by a major. I really don't. But but do you, but after this, I with, with I don't think Kuhn has the offense to beat Kyle Snyder. No, I don't think Kuhn can beat Kyle Snyder. I don't think he can either. I don't think he. Has and maybe the we're offense. not breaking we're not breaking ground here like a uh, new ground. But some people have have asked can, can Kuhn beat Snyder? And from what I've seen, I don't care how big Kuhn is. I don't think he can beat him. No, completely agree with you. So that's Las Vegas, dude. What That's a freaking it. tournament, man. It was a phenomenal tournament. I wish we had more time to run it through, but we just don't. I'm pumped right now. Um, you know, it was a great weekend, Ben. It's been one year as we discussed. Awesome. Couldn't be happier. We're gonna keep this podcast going. We'll see where it takes us. Dude, it has been an awesome year doing this with you, man. I agree. It's been great times. Looking forward to keeping it going. Thanks to everyone that's uh, listened to us, continues to listen to us, continues to communicate with us. Actually, let me rephrase that. Thanks for everyone that continues to put up with us. Put up with us and support us. And support us. And, and that's, that goes for our wives, your, you know, my wife, your wife, our friends, you know, our, our family, and uh, you know, the people that listen to this podcast, man. I, I really do appreciate it. All right. Well, that's all I got, Ben. You got anything else? Oh, man. It's been a great time. All right. Episode number 45 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast is in the books, the one-year anniversary edition. And as always, don't, don't wind, wind up, up on your back, back, bro. Actually, maybe tonight's a good night to wind up on your back. I don't know. <laughs>